Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Hey, listen, as a believer, we are not promised to be, st- to be spared days that are dark, nor are we promised to be spared seasons that are saturated in shadows, shadows of fear, shadows of uncertainty, shadows of trouble. David, King David, the shepherd king, as we've come to know him, he knew what such fear, uncertainty, and trouble looked like. He knew days of of great darkness. He lived life in the shadows at times. And yet, here's what's incredible about Psalm 23, is that he begins to shed light on how important it is that the good shepherd is there even amiss the dark and shadowy times of our lives, even in the missed seasons that seem helpless and hopeless, David sheds light on a shepherd who's there for us. As David sings the song of Psalm 23, something happens uniquely, and where we are this morning in verse four, something happens uniquely at this passage. You see, David up until this point, verses one, two, and three, is he's singing, he's talking about the shepherd, but in verse four, his tune changes a little bit. For now, he not only talks about the shepherd, but now in verse four, he begins talking to the shepherd. So let's look at what we've sung together so far in this study. In Psalm 23, one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I mean, so far, and this guy has written a hit, right? This is a good, good song that David, the shepherd king, has written. But watch the transition and the change. In verse four, and he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, now enters in what is negative, the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil. Now watch the transition. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's no longer talking about the shepherd. Now he's speaking to the shepherd. And in that we begin to see an intimacy that is unearthed that we have yet to see in this incredible song of Psalm 23. Can I share something with you? It's unique to me that this intimacy between the sheep and his shepherd, between David and God, the intimacy between us and our good shepherd, Jesus, is found in the conversation and context of the valley of the shadow of death. Can I share with you something, church? There is nothing that draws us closer to Jesus, our good shepherd, than to walk through a valley that is surrounded by shadows, a valley of the shadow of death with him. Nothing draws us closer to him than the valleys of this life. And here's what we begin to see, that with every valley, there's higher ground to be had. Let me show you that here in scripture. You know, David, I love this. David, the shepherd king, would know very well that in the Palestinian summer, 
that a good shepherd, in fact, all shepherds would take their sheep in search of higher grounds. They would leave their various homesteads and their green pastures. And in the summertime, they would walk and they would begin to travel. They would do a sheep drive to the higher, higher plains, to the higher grounds where there was fertile soil, where there was grass to be had and the summer could be spent in plenty with the sheep. Now, as they would set out towards the wilderness, it was a unique journey in that they would head towards the mountainous regions of the wilderness or ancient Palestine. This time was like, unlike any other for the shepherd. You see, when the shepherd was at home with his sheep, he was surrounded by other people. He was surrounded namely by other shepherds. There would be other sheep and other flocks there. But in this season, in the summertime, heading towards the higher ground, the shepherd and his sheep were alone together in a long journey. Unlike any other time of the year, they were isolated together, just the shepherd and his sheep. Now, we understand this just by the geography and the topography of the ancient world in Israel, even present day. We understand that the higher grounds were only reachable by the sheep and his shepherd by navigating the various valleys a journey had to be undertaken by the sheep and their shepherd through the various valleys so that they could reach the higher ground. Now, as we begin to see this, I wanna show you a little bit about what a valley of the shadow of death, what a valley of shadows looks like. This is a picture from the wilderness, from what would have been ancient Palestine, the, the very same valleys that David would have traversed or other shepherds in that day. And I want you to notice that for, throughout most of the day, that the very valley floor is shrouded with shadows. It's shrouded in, in darkness. In fact, it's only a couple hours of the day that the sun is high enough in the sky that sunlight would even reach the valley floor. And this is the very picture that is in the mind of David and that also should illuminate our mind this morning as we talk about valleys that have shadows. And what this would look like for a shepherd and his sheep as they, were, as they were making way to the higher grounds, these are the very valleys that they would have to traverse. Now, it's interesting to note that shadows were cast throughout the day because of the enormity of the cliffs on either side of the valley. But you know what? This was not too scary of a sight for a shepherd. Because here's what we know about shepherds, whether it was David or whether it was other shepherds at the time, is that they would never lead their sheep through a valley that they themselves had yet to travel. They always knew the valleys by which they would lead their sheep. They would go and they would scope it out beforehand so that there was nothing in here that would catch them off guard. So a shepherd had been there, even if it was the sheep's first time traveling through this valley, it was not the first time for the shepherd. He knew the dangers, he knew the risk, and he knew the valley well. Hey church, can I share something with you real quick? The truth about our good shepherd is no matter the valley that you have been in, the valley that you are in, or the valley that you will go through, no matter the valley you face, he's already been there. Our good shepherd knows the terrain. He knows the risk. He knows the dangers well. Now, I want us to, to hearken back to a book that I had read and just studying for this uh, this sermon series. And it's called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. It was written by a shepherd by the name of Philip Keller. 
And Philip Keller just recently passed away, but Philip Keller was a modern day shepherd in East Africa, not far from the Middle East where a lot of this story in the Psalm 23 was written, not far from there. And in fact, Philip Keller shepherded his sheep in much the same way that David did all the way back in the times of Psalm 23 and other shepherds. Just an incredible, an incredible insight that this shepherd would give. I want you to listen to his words that he wrote, our modern day shepherd. He says this, the shepherd knows from past experience that predators like coyotes and bears and wolves and cougars can take cover in the broken cliffs, in the shadows. And from their vantage point, he writes, prey on a shepherd's flock. He knows valleys can be subject to sudden storms. Imagine the flash floods that could happen here that would send walls of water rampaging down the slopes. There could be rock slides, mud slides, snow avalanches, and a dozen other natural disasters that would destroy or injure the sheep, Keller writes. But in spite of such hazards, and I want you to hear me, despite of such hazards, he also knows that this is still the best way to take his flock to the high country. Despite all that exists, all the danger and the risk, a good shepherd knows that this is the best way for his sheep to get to the higher ground. I'm reminded what Charles Swindoll said, and listen to this excerpt from his book. He says, we like sheep, are sometimes led by him into the valley of darkness where there is fear, danger, uncertainty, and the unexpected. He knows that the only way that we can reach the higher grounds of the Christian experience and maturity is, listen to this, it's not on the playground of prosperity, but in the classroom of suffering. That's what our good shepherd knows to be true. And what's interesting about the 23rd Psalm, which setting would bring this to the mind of David and others in that time. What's interesting here is this Psalm 23 is not the story of a sheep wandering away from its shepherd and finding itself in the valley of the shadow of death. Rather, it is a sheep who has been led into and through the valley of the shadow of death by the shepherd. There's an interesting twist there. Now listen, some of the valleys that you and I travel through are of our own making. It's, it's seasons in life when you and I decide, you know what, I'm gonna wander away from the shepherd. I'm gonna do my own thing, go my own way. And before we know it, we find ourselves isolated in a valley that is full of shadows. But at other times, and at times as we see here in the 23rd Psalm, it is our shepherd who ordains us to go through the valleys, and he leads us into them. And through. Now listen, when we wander and we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, you know what's amazing about our God? That he is able to find us and rescue us there. But what's even more amazing is at times that he leads us into and through even the valleys of the shadow of death. Now listen to me, you ready? The promise of every dark valley that the shepherd leads us into and through is that our dark valleys always lead us to higher grounds in our faith. And here's the caveat, if we let them and if we follow the shepherd. I love this, that every valley swallowed up in dark shadows leads to higher grounds that are bursting with light. Every single valley swallowed up in dark shadows leads us to higher grounds bursting with life. And therefore David writes and he sings, 
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and listen to his words, you ready? I will fear no evil. What an incredible statement from a man who had faced much of the evils of life and had partaken in much of the evils of life. What a lyric that is written by King David as he says, even though I walk through those valleys, I will fear no evil. Listen to what Keller, our East African shepherd, listen to what he noted about sheep and a time where they would become fearful. Now, remember, we've talked about sheep. They're one of the most anxious of all livestock. They are feel, fearful in their very own nature and anything can scare them. The sound of a predator off in the distance, tension in the flock, parasites or flies that was swarmed. Listen, anything could scare the sheep. But listen to what Keller, our modern day shepherd said. He said, in the course of time, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master and owner and protect them, put them at ease as nothing else could do. And he said, this applied to them both day and night. Listen to David's words. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that truth is predicated on this. For you are with me. For you are with me. How is it that you and I can find ourselves here and fear none of the evil that lies in the shadows? How is it because we have the very presence of our good shepherd? The promise of every believer is the powerful, perpetual presence of the Lord, no matter the season of life that we are in. From the green pastures of home, to the dark valleys, to the higher grounds of our faith, no matter where we find ourselves, you ready? Here's the truth we proclaim, that he is with me. That sound familiar, believer? Remember that old passage in Matthew chapter 28? Jesus done defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's talking to his disciples. He says, you know what, therefore go. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end. For you are with me. How about that author in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, as he quotes the Old Testament, showing the very character of God and the nature of God, not only in the Old Testament, but his very character and nature transcendent through the New Testament to this very day, where he quotes and he says this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I jotted this down. For every dark valley that you and I face, we must shout it out and let the echo ring this. You ready? That me and my shepherd are heading towards higher ground. Every valley that we face that he leads us into and through, let us shout it out and let the echo ring that me and my shepherd, we are headed toward higher ground. I love studying sometimes the great orators of the past. And I'll tell you, Martin Luther King Jr., could that guy preach? Could that guy give a speech? I found a speech of his in 1960 at a college in Atlanta. And the title of that speech was this, Keep Moving from This Mountain. It's the idea that, in a sense, when the mountain before us is too hard to climb, you gotta keep moving. And in that, know what he writes. He says this, 
If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Keep moving. When I think of times and seasons in this very valley of the shadow of death, and I begin to think that my shepherd is with me, every time I get there, you ready, church? Every time you're there, hey, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk through this valley, then you crawl. But by all means, keep moving towards the shepherd and with the shepherd. And I promise you this, every valley he leads us into and through, on the other side are the higher grounds of my faith and your faith. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And how has that played out in our lives? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil predicated on this truth for you are with me. Now, church family, if I were to ask you to look over the canvas of your life and I were to ask each of you to paint for me a picture of the very thing, the very fear that finds itself in the shadows of your life, what would you paint? If I were to ask you to stop for a moment and to paint a picture of what lies just in the shadows that monopolizes the fear in your life, what would you paint? For some of you, would you paint a picture of death? You fear death. For others, would it be the cancer diagnosis? For someone else, maybe you would paint a picture of a person that you fear the most in this life. For others, maybe you would paint a picture of addiction or shame or guilt, or paint a picture of the sin that has you so easily entangled. Maybe it's your finances you would paint a picture of, your health, your children. Maybe what you fear the most is the future. What would you paint on that canvas? And as you kind of do that in your mind's eye, I have a question for your painting. I have a question for the canvas and what shows there. What is one thing in the shadows of your fear that the good shepherd is unable to bring to light and defeat? Name one giant of fear that is lurking into the, into the shadows that is too great, that is too large for our God to slay. Name one thing. You see, I will fear no evil. For whatever lies in the shadows matters not because Jesus, you are with me. It was the song of David and it's the song of every believer's faith this morning as well. You know, I love this believer. You and I are promised that the very light of the world is with us no matter the darkness we face. In John 8, 12, as Jesus stood at that feast and by doing so, proclaiming himself to be God in the flesh, he stood before the people and said, as the city was lit by lamps, he said, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Hear me, you ready, church? Darkness has no other recourse than to flee at the very presence 
of the light of the world. And David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And look at how he finishes out verse four. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, as the shepherd would head from his homestead and his home pastures to the high country, through the valleys of even the shadows, there were two things he had with him. The first of which was his rod. And every shepherd had one of these. They, only, they packed really light. Their food and their water, they'd get on the way there. The clothes were what they had on their back. But they packed two things with them. And the first instrument in the hands of a shepherd is their, is their rod. It was the pride of every young man who, who was gonna be shepherd one day to go out into the woods and to find him into the wilderness and find him what would be a tree root with a firm branch at the very end. And he would spend hour after hour shaping and whittling away until he had crafted for himself the perfect rod for him to use as a shepherd. In fact, a shepherd boy and a shepherd young man would spend many days practicing what it is to fight with this rod, how to fight off enemies, how to wield it in such a way that he could protect himself and his sheep. He would spend hours using this as an offensive weapon for any enemy that would seek to come and harm his flock. He would practice what it was to throw this with force and strength at any approaching enemy. This was his defensive weapon and this went with him everywhere he went. But you know at times even a shepherd would use his rod with a sheep? If sheep were undisciplined or rebellious or sheep had wandered off, you know what a shepherd would do? He'd look off and he'd see one of his sheep maybe going towards a poisonous plant or a, a stagnant pond or walking somewhere too close to a cliff which could bring very much danger to the sheep. And he would take his rod and he would throw it and launch it at the sheep right next to it. And the noise and the startle nature of a sheep, that sheep would immediately return back to the shepherd. You know what I got to thinking? How many times has God thrown his rod at me? How many times have I wandered towards the poison of sin? He took this rod and lovingly threw it near me to catch my attention. How many times I went to go drink from the stagnant ponds of this world and my shepherd in his great love for me threw his rod to grab my attention. How many times I'd wandered off from him and little did I know the, the spiritual danger that lied ahead. And you know what? He took his rod and he threw it out there to grab my attention so I'd come back to him. I began to think of that. You know what my prayer became? God, would you always throw your rod at me? Would you keep throwing your rod at me? Don't ever give up on me. Anytime I come to something that would honor you, anytime I approach anything that would bring dishonor to your name, God, would you just continue to throw your rod at me? You see, his rod, at the very side of it, even for the sheep, would comfort them. And you know the truth, church? I need this in my life. And so do you. 
We need God to continue to throw this in my life. And you know what I love most about the rod is I love the battles that God fights on my, my behalf that I don't even know about. I love the times he has fought the enemy for me and I had no idea the fight was going on. I remember Exodus 14, 14. It says, the Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. And I think of how many battles he has fought on my behalf and I begin to think of the rod of the Lord whether he's used to defend me or an offense to offend the sin of my life. And I thank him for the rod and I need it. But he said, not only is it your rod, but it's your staff that comforts me. Now this is the most iconic tool in the hands of a shepherd, isn't it? The shepherd's staff. And I got this from the Amish company. And so they handmade this and Man, I love it. It looks much like what a shepherd's staff would back in the day of David. I love it, a shepherd's staff. It's iconic because a shepherd after a long day could be seen out in the fields and the pastor's just leaning on it after a long, weary day. But you know what? This staff right here was a tool in a way that he loved his sheep. Now imagine with me, okay? A shepherd's heading through a valley much like this one or a shepherd finds himself on the higher grounds with his sheep. And all of a sudden, they're carrying on and he begins to notice something's wrong with one of his sheep. And so what he does is, is he takes his staff and he puts it around the neck of that sheep and he draws that sheep close to himself so he can look the sheep over. He could comfort the sheep. He, he could heal any wounds the sheep has. He could take care of his sheep. Now, I know this works because you know what I did to all my children? I brought them in, made sure this thing worked. It works. But a shepherd goes in and he, if he's concerned about his sheep, he pulls them in. A shepherd will also be out with a sheep and if there's a sheep that's prone to wander. What he'll do is, is as he begins to watch that sheep who's prone to wander and that sheep begins to wander from him, that shepherd will do this right here. He'll reach out and he'll grab that sheep by the neck and he'll pull that sheep close and pull that sheep into his protection. You know what else a shepherd uses this for? That oftentimes out in the wilderness, there'd be bushes and patches in the thicket and thorns and a sheep will go over there, even there, if it sees some green grass and it'll do everything it can to reach in to those thorns in that thicket in that bush and eat the green grass. And what'll happen is before long, unbeknownst to the sheep, that its wool gets caught up in those thorns and thickets. And that sheep is unable to back out of where it is. And left there, that sheep will die there. And so a shepherd takes his staff and he reaches into the mess of that sheep and he draws that sheep back out with his strength. When they're walking along the trail and he notices a sheep behind him, or a sheep that's gotten before him is wandering off the trail in a way that would bring danger. He would use his staff to direct and to guide the sheep back on the path that he would want on. David would say, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I began to think, I wonder how many times in life that I didn't even know it but spiritually I was hurting. And I think of all the many times that I knew I was hurting. And the good shepherd got me by the 
back and he drew me close to him. And he held me there. I begin to think of all the times that as a sheep, I would find myself wandering off from the Lord. And all the times that he would reach out in his love and his grace and his mercy, and he'd take his staff and he'd pull me in back under his protection when all I did was try to flee it. I wonder how many times that I got caught in the sin that so easily entangles, the author of Hebrews reminds us, and God took his step and he put it into my mess and pulled me out of the sin that so easily entangles. And I sit here today, not knowing much about a sheep and its shepherd, thankful for a rod and a staff that at the very thought of, the very thought of them in the hands of the good shepherd, bring me comfort. I think of these tools and I'm gonna say this, that that rod and this staff probably weren't always comfortable for the sheep when they were used. I bet you sometimes the sheep just hated it. Can you relate to that? But even though they may have despised the tool, I am grateful that the Lord would use them because it's a reminder of how precious I am to him and how much he loves me and he loves you how he keeps us close. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can I teach you one of three truths today? That you're in one of three places. You are either in a valley now, you are coming up out of a valley, or you're fixing to be in a valley in your life. You're either in one now and the shadows are touching you. You're either coming out of one and the shadows are seemingly behind you or you're fixing to go into a valley and the shadows lie before you. As we walk this very valley this morning together, what is it that you and I learn? What are the challenges we could take away And here's the first, you ready? When in the valley, don't lose sight of the shepherd or the higher ground of faith he's leading you to. Can I tell you something about these valleys in life? They're hard enough to go through with the shepherd, but they are impossible to survive without him. Don't lose sight of him. In the midst of the valleys of life, there is no pain, no hurt. There is no valley that God will ever waste in your life. Remember this, that every valley he sets before us and he leads us into and through is a valley meant to take you to the higher ground of your faith and my faith. Now, I wanna be careful here because oftentimes we go, oh, the higher ground, that's a bigger house. That's a nicer car. That's more money. That means more vacations than I've ever been on. Oh, careful not to mess up what teaching I'm throwing out there. Higher grounds of your faith, meaning this, that it's in the higher grounds 
that you enjoy the shepherd all the more. The price and the higher ground isn't anything this world has to offer, but it's in the shepherd himself who is Jesus. Here's the second challenge, you ready? When in this valley, realize this, you ready? Shadows never hurt anybody. Hear me, church. Shadows have never hurt anyone. I ran across a story about Dr. Barnhouse. He's just an old preacher back in the 1920s, was a, a pioneer of preaching on the radio. Loved the Lord, loved his wife and his two little kids. It just so happened his wife had passed away. She died at a young age. And I'm gonna tell you something. I can't imagine my world without my sweetheart. Can't imagine the hurt. Can't imagine my kids without their mom. I just can't imagine the hurt he went through. He was driving one afternoon to preach his wife's funeral. He had his two little kids in the car. And he was hurting so bad he wanted to try to ease the hurt and the pain of his kids. And so he found himself coming to a stoplight. And there at that stop sign, there was a truck that was coming the other way who was stopped. And it was a large truck. In fact, the way the sun was, was that that truck had cast a large shadow into the field next to it. And catch this conversation between the old preacher and his kids who were fixing to bury their mom. He looked at his children and said, look children at that truck and look at its shadow. And he said, if you had to be run over, which would you rather be run over by? Would you rather be run over by the truck or the shadow? And his kids thought for a moment and his youngest spoke up and said this, what? I'd rather be hit by the shadow because a shadow couldn't hurt anybody. And his dad said, you know, that's right. You see, death was the truck. Death was the truck. And all that Christians ever face, all that ever touches Christians is the shadow. Because you see, son, the truck hit Jesus. Jesus took your mom's truck, your truck, and mine. The truck symbolic of God's wrath against our sin. That very truck, it hit Jesus. So the only thing that ever touches the believer, even in the valley of the shadow of death, is only the shadows. And I'm gonna tell you something, church. There's never been a shadow that's hurt anybody. And here's the third challenge. In the valley, when you're in the valley, look for other people who might be there too. Hey, when you're coming out of the valley, look for people who might still be in there. When the valley lies before you, look who's finds themselves in the midst of it. I, I ran across an old story of a, of a boy who was walking down the road and as he was on his journey, he fell into a hole. And he found himself in this hole in the ground and he had no way of getting out, though he tried as he might. There was just no way of getting out of this hole. And so he began to yell, help, help, I'm stuck in this hole, I need help. Well, a doctor comes by and a doctor sees him stuck there in the hole and says, son, what can I do to help you? He says, I'm stuck in this hole, I have no way out. Can you help me? And the doctor takes out his prescription pad. He writes down a prescription, throws it in the hole and walks away. 
That young man thought, what good is this? And he continued to cry for help, help, help. And then a priest came by, saw him there in the hole. Said, son, what can I do for you? He says, I'm stuck in this hole, I have no way out. And the priest said, I got this. He took out his journal, wrote down a prayer, folded it up and threw it in the hole and went on. And that little boy, listen, he was, he was frustrated as can be. He continued to cry now in desperation. Help, help, I'm stuck in this hole, I can't get out. Then all of a sudden, looking over the ledge was his friend. His friend said, what are you doing? He said, man, I've fallen in this hole and I can't get out. And all of a sudden, his head disappears. Where did he go? And the next thing he knows, he watches his friend jump in the hole with him. And he thought, man, you're crazy. Now we're both stuck in the hole. And his friend looked at him and said, no, you see, I've been in this hole before. And I know the way out. Can I tell you something, church? You've been in this valley before. You know the way out. It's not through your wit and your charm and your strength, but by the strength of our good shepherd and following his lead. We have a world that is living in the shadows of this valley. And who better And those who have walked with Jesus, been led in and through it, and have experienced the higher grounds of faith that these valleys bring, who better than to jump in the hole? Who better to walk in the valley than those of us who know the good shepherd and know the way out? Jackie Perry had a quote, and I adapted it for this message. It says this, If your friend is walking through the valley of the shadow of death in this life, don't try and preach them out of it. Walk with them until words become necessary. That's what we do. That's the challenge that we walk away with. Don't lose sight of your shepherd. Realize, though they may seem scary, a shadow ain't never hurt nobody. And a shadow can only touch a believer. And when you see somebody in the valley, walk with them. Remind them of who it is that can get them through. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.